My name is Ghost Guy Daniel, and welcome to a new episode of Strange News. Now, Strange News isn't just local Southern Ontario lore. I want people to be able to sit back and enjoy the ghosts of places that are near and far, because I personally love ghost stories from everywhere. It doesn't have to be local to Hamilton, Toronto, Niagara, and Southern Ontario, which my main podcast tends to focus on. So Strange News was created from that, and there's so many amazing newspaper articles out there of strange stories, ghostly stories, and this is one of them. So this isn't from our Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. This is from a different Hamilton, one that sometimes gets confused when people book for the ghost walks, and I am talking about Hamilton, Ohio. Now, there's a beautiful building there known as the Butler County Courthouse in Hamilton, Ohio. It was constructed in the 1880s. An architect named David Gibbs, which, I mean, he did a wonderful job. If you look at the picture, I'll make the main image the picture of the building, of course, but it is a stunning structure. Got this beautiful clock tower which is not the original one, says there was an even more grand clock tower originally. I haven't looked up the historic photos of that one, but it's nice. I don't know why this is considered lesser. It's just, it's it's nice. I like it. So this building was kind of like a point of pride for the town city of Hamilton in Ohio. So having that focal energy and everything that's gone over the years through the politics inside there has left some energy. Now, I did a little research on the history of the courthouse uh, before getting into this article that I'm about to read you about the paranormal investigation. And to be honest, I mean, a lot of these uh, government buildings, other than, of course, there's some examples or exceptions like Old City Hall in Toronto, which the history just gets out of control with that one. But a lot of them, they don't have much that goes on in them. I mean, a lot. I mean, nowadays is different, but back in the day, politics was kind of boring. So, the space was controlled. You wouldn't have any uh, events, violent or otherwise, that would occur inside the building. So, I'm curious to see what the investigators were able to scare up, so to speak, because the building's beautiful, and I love the the fact that you have this historic structure that's beloved by its community. So why don't I just dive right into the article here and we'll go from there. So this article is part of the local Butler County News called the Journal News. And it is titled, if anybody wants to look it up, which I'll do the link in the description, Paranormal Investigation Team Reports Findings from Inside Historic Butler County Courthouse. Can I just say that... uh, (laughs) You nowadays when you read newspaper articles like they're so over the top like the articles about a dog and they're like you know the dog licked someone but the article the headings like crazy dog tastes human because he might eat them because <laughs> they want clicks right it is refreshing to see a normal newspaper article headline that basically just tells you what you're about to read and yeah I know it's not clickbait it's not going to get me excited, but I don't know about you guys. I mean, the, the worst clickbait titles never follow through. 
And that's coming from me, who has titles on my podcast that may skirt the line with being clickbait because it's needed, right? I mean, in today's day and age, but uh, is is you know what? It's refreshing to see this, and good good on a, a a sister Hamilton town city to to do it. So, paranormal investigation team reports findings from inside historic Butler County Courthouse. Let's do this. Employees of the building, both past and present, were extremely helpful in providing history, stories, and experiences that they were aware of. And even the construction workers of the current renovation work passed along their experience through county employees, he said. I don't know who he is. It doesn't really say who he is, so maybe we'll find out later. So he continues... We got multiple pieces of additional information through Facebook postings as well. The more information we have, the more we have to use in determining actual fact from legend and misinformation. It's good that they're focusing on that. And might I also say from that quote, renovations do tend to steer the spirits up. So the fact that they, they, they talk to the workers, construction workers who are in the thick of it, Sometimes the energy is focused on them. I'm sure they got some interesting information. Continuing. Numerous areas were off limits, and county personnel met numerous times with SRPI, which is the paranormal group. Hopefully they'll have the long version of the name eventually in the article. uh, To set up the guidelines of the visit. You know what? I I need to give them their credit. I'm going to do a quick Google search here, see if it comes up. Uh, from Ohio, SRPI, Spiritual Realm Paranormal Investigators, SRPI. Give him some love. He continued, a true investigation is nothing like the ghost hunting shows on television. So very true. This is Daniel. I, I, I say this tons of times. And I tell people everywhere that the ghost shows overblow what a real ghost hunting session is, what real results are, making it seem like you can get the most amazing results by doing next to nothing, which is not the case. Like the true ghost investigators, which for I was definitely not, they can spend days inside of the location, inside of a room with the equipment just focusing and that is just absolutely amazing i mean if you want you know like uh, your kid or like your teenager to not have uh attention issues that might lead to something worse get them into ghost investigation because you can have the best focus ever by looking for ghosts in real life uh, so it says a guy named smith said this so i assume smith is he continuing They are edited and at times scripted to provide entertainment value. Investigators are on site often for up to three days to capture one hour of edited airtime, which that is, this is Daniel, that is just a small amount. Like sometimes you can go weeks and not get that much. So these shows just don't really show you that. So they edit it down. That's true. Scripted is 100% true, but not so much in the hosts. I'll, I'll add to this. Maybe he doesn't know it. Maybe he didn't do any of the shows. But they want the hosts to have legit reactions. 
And if you watch some of those shows, you're like, okay, that's Daniel Day-Lewis level acting going on right there. So it must be legit. And it is because the producers don't tell the hosts what they're doing. So they'll like slam a door in the distance or they'll cause maybe some kind of light anomaly or footsteps or whatever. And the hosts and the guests on the show are reacting naturally because they don't know what's going on. So, yeah, that's my added piece. Continuing. A lot of information involving paranormal investigations tend to deal with tragedy and the current courthouse itself as well as the previous courthouse that stood on the same site, are no exception, Smith said. The building was used as a temporary morgue after the 1913 flood. And of course, in 1912, three Hamilton firefighters lost their lives fighting a blaze that toppled the clock tower and sent a large bell through each of the floors of the building until eventually ended up in the basement. Wow. This is Daniel. That's a real image there. So 1912, there's a massive fire that destroyed the uh, clock tower I had mentioned earlier. And uh, then a year later, there's, I guess, a flood in the city, and it's used as a morgue for some of the bodies they found. But that imagery of the clock tower from that, I guess, original amazing uh, clock tower that they had falling through the, the building itself is tragic. Continuing, sensitive team members picked up on a possible shooting in the building, which corresponds with the stories the SRPI, the group, gathered from employees involving a shooting during a trial in the historic third floor courtroom during the 1920s or 1930s. Quote, we are still investigating those claims, and there have been other violent events there dating all the way back to the 1870s, no doubt. Smith said. In fact, with the current building was constructed in 1889, it wasn't long after that it was reported to have a ghost of the night watchman of the previous courthouse who was found dead in the treasurer's office. It was initially believed he died by suicide, but it was soon discovered that the safes had been emptied and it was suspected the robbers, a few who had ties to the government and the new courthouse, had staged the scene to cover up a possible murder. This is Daniel. I can't gloss over that. I mean, I kind of wish the article was just about that. And if I do find one, it might be a future (laughs) strange news segment because, my God. So basically what he's saying is that they wanted to rob the treasurer's office, where they kept all the money, the treasurer. So they found him dead... And they're, no, sorry, the, the, uh, it, was, it was reported. So the watchman was found dead in the treasurer's office. So chances are there was a robbery that was occurring. The watchman was like, oh, I hear noises. And he runs up to the treasurer's office, which obviously if there was criminals, the smart ones, that's where they would go. And they, they, they stage it like a suicide. So they kill the night watchman and they make it look like he killed himself. This is like, historic times like i can see that happening today the criminal minds like the serial killers that exist today they could do that and with the forensics i can see them staging it like a suicide to say okay this wasn't a a murder like everybody thinks but to have it happen back then that's rare so that that really that really captures me so they stage it as a suicide 
but they still emptied the safes. Like, wouldn't you maybe close the safes afterwards? Or I guess maybe they opened it and found it empty. I was like, they just left it open and the stages, <laughs> they spent like an hour. Sorry, I don't mean to laugh, but they spent an hour like setting the guy up like he was he, like he committed suicide and they left like the wide open safes empty. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I'm, I'm a, I have a very dark sense of humor. So obviously they were found out, but it doesn't say anything here that they found the the men who did this. So I, I'm going to attempt to find a story unless this is just psychic impression. I, I don't know. Anyway, continuing, in addition to tragic events, the building seems full of residual past energy. SRPI's report states, now just a quick cut in, residual energy, if you don't know, that is non-conscious ghostly energy. So conscious ghostly energy is the energy you can communicate with that seems to know you exist, as where residual is almost like watching a movie, like you can't communicate with a movie, it's just something that's playing over and over again, an impression of energy in a space where those things happened. Continuing, quote, all of the sensitives report possible past employees and or visitors are still present on the site, Smith said. Several of the team were also almost immediately overwhelmed by the sheer amount of energy that exists from the past. The majority of that energy is not intelligent. It is incapable of reacting or communicating. Residual, right? The SRPI reported from its time in the courthouse. This is Daniel. To say you're overwhelmed by the amount of energy that exists from the past is basically to state that a place is haunted. It's, it's uh, some investigative teams, they'll, they'll phrase things in a certain way to make it sound more scientific than it is. And I've always been a huge proponent of just saying it like it is. I do not use the scientific terms. I am not a technically minded person when it comes to investigation because I was always about telling the story. And one of my pet peeves is when you're reading a book, especially a nonfiction book, where they use so many large and lesser known words from the English language, or they use words that are only known by people in the field, they've now eliminated the reason for writing the book. Like they could be focusing the book on those who are in the field, but why would you do that? Wouldn't you want as many people as possible to read your book and understand it? So when that happens, I always like kind of get a little bit peeved on it. Um, but here it's not too bad, but I'm just saying that, you know, keep it simple, right? Keep it simple, stupid kiss, kiss method. That, that's how I've lived in my life. Anyway, continuing quote, residual events are similar to a vi video loop. They just play over and over feelings. The sensitive experience, depending on the area included sharp side anomaly pain. Sorry, sharp side abdominal pain and nausea, particular happening on the second floor, as well as anxiety and sadness on the third floor, and a general feeling of dread, fear, and heaviness in certain portions of the fourth floor, some areas much stronger than others, reported the SRPI team. Quote, the basement also brought feelings of nausea and sickness in a couple of team members, but the mechanical electrical equipment and panels in the area, they gave off intense amounts of EMF, which is known to cause those feelings in some, 
as well as a sense of paranoia and being watched. This is Daniel. Okay, a couple of quick thoughts from what I just read there. Uh, The first thought is the feelings you get in certain locations, dread, feel, heaviness, uh, nausea, pain, they are legit because if you didn't feel that way going into it, you feel that way while you're there, and then when you leave, you don't feel that way anymore. That is something. Now, they did do a scientific side of it saying uh, intense amounts of EMF energy, which ghost meters, that's what they detect for. So I assume when they go into that space, it would spike. Now, whether the EMF energy, now they say it was electrical equipment. Uh, A lot of the times it could be ghostly, but is it ever that high? Not quite. So there's legitimacy on the feelings, but then they bring in the scientific side that the electrical equipment cause it. I don't know. I mean, if I don't care how much electricity you have in a building. I don't think it's possible that you would have that much in a certain area if there was safety standards that were put. Like, why would they confine all of that to one space? Like, I've been in very big buildings and inside their electrical rooms and not felt that way. But maybe I'm wrong. I'm sure there's electricians out there that could be screaming right now. No, it's true. It's true, Daniel. But I could be wrong. But definitely with those feelings that you get in certain places, they could have something to do with ghostly residual energy. If there's a tragedy in a space, uh, you might feel that dread. Hence why haunted houses sometimes end up abandoned and never sell is because you never feel comfortable living inside of it. So that's very possible. Anyway, continuing. SRPI has received reports of past security personnel chasing voices throughout the building and said team members experienced the same phenomenon. Quote, voices that sounded like they were on the third floor lobby when investigated now appeared to be coming from the second floor, they reported. Upon us arriving on the second floor, they now seem to be coming from the stairwell from the first floor. But by the time we got downstairs, alls was silent. The rest of our team was all present and accounted for up on the fourth floor. This is Daniel. That's creepy. Definitely creepy. And it's almost like the conscious spirits of the building are playing with them in that point. So, and I've had heard stories, the old uh, city hall in Toronto, it's a similar one, but it's with footsteps. Footsteps were plaguing some of the court judges that were walking through the building and on the stairwell. But to hear voices, that's different. So I'm assuming the the environment was controlled. And that one kind of creeps me out. It's like they're playing with them. Continuing. County maintenance personnel told the SRPI that they've experienced shutting doors that appear to be visibly closed by themselves. An entire hall's worth. Quote, we experienced the sound of such doors as well, particularly on the fourth floor where we also had a light that was on in the hallway that turned itself off, and no one had flipped the switch. Continuing, we turned it back on, and the event did not repeat itself, they reported. The sound of an object hitting a door near where one of our team was sitting on the floor was captured on audio. Upon inspection, there was a paper clip and a thumbtack nearby. We tossed each against the door. The noise of the paper clip hitting the door matched the recorded sound per precisely how it became airborne to hit the door we don't know this is daniel 
first off, having all the doors in a hallway shut, that's horror movie stuff. So I'm, I'm, I'm impressed. But uh, a paperclip hitting a door, I don't know about that one. Uh, they must have a really, I mean, obviously the recording equipment's going to be really good, but think about it. Have you have you thrown it? I actually have a paperclip. Let me see if I can do this. Hold on. Okay, this is a large paperclip too. I'm gonna take my my uh, microphone here, and I'm gonna throw the paperclip against the wall. And tell me if you can hear it. Here, I'll get the microphone close. One second. Oh, okay, I got it. Oh, I hurt my knee. All right, ready, ready. Okay, so the first one was the paperclip hitting the wall. The 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 really quiet one. And then the second is when it hit the floor. I didn't think about the floor, but <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I guess it, it, it would have been a pretty small sound uh, hitting the door. It was I don't know. Yeah, it's just it seems like it's too small. But anyway, that stands out to me. Continuing. The historic third floor courtroom has plenty of action for one of the teams. Quote. One of the jury chairs triggered impressive EMF readings. A flashlight was knocked to the ground off a table. The flashlight was placed on the table and no amount of jumping next to it caused the light to fall. A motion-sensitive ball that lights up when, when moved, uh, it's actually a cat toy they repurposed, was on the floor and went off when asked to do so. Now, this is Daniel. That's really interesting in the sense that so obviously the th courtroom is going to be the center of energy because they've had tons of activity that has happened in there, living activity that would have caused emotions. You know, any of the major cases that would brought forth, especially like murder trials. And so like a person could be sentenced to I don't know if Ohio had the death penalty at one point or sentenced to life in prison, having their life taken away from them. You know, there'd be energy inside the place, the emotions of the victims as well, and the victims' families. Uh, so, yeah, I can see that being a center of energy. So the jury chair uh, had an EMF readings. A lot of people would have been sit there, so that's, I can see the residuals. A flashlight knocked off uh, a table. I wish They didn't say what table, but, I mean, if it was one of the main tables, like where the defendant sits, then I, then I could see that for sure. And good on them to test it. They didn't just say, oh, look, it got knocked off. They actually put it on the table and jumped up and down. Not that they were jumping up and down when it fell off the first time. And then the 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 light. They sometimes use flashlights to communicate. You know, you, you loosen the battery area a bit so that the lightest movement can cause it to flash. And then you might be able to communicate with spirits doing it that way. So this is interesting. They, they're the professionals. They're professionals. Continuing on, the SRPI group was present in the old courthouse for about eight hours, and members say they didn't feel they discovered even half of what could be there. Quote, we felt like we were being played with, the voices leading us through the building and the doors that seemed to shut in areas we were not. That seemed to be the way, letting us know we're here, but we're not really willing to come out into the open, so to speak, Smith said. Oh, yeah, that's the end of the article. And as uh, some final notes with this one, uh, I, I, you know what? Legit. I mean, this group seems legit to me. And I find that with many 
American paranormal groups, Canadian ones as well, but the Americans tend to take this to another level. I mean, some people will make this their life. They have universities and colleges who teach paranormal investigation. I mean, that's telling you something. You're not going to find a, a legit college or university in Canada that does that. <laughs> but in the States, it's true. Um, I mean, they just have a history with that, starting, you know, Ed and Lorraine Warren. You know, so there's so many groups over the years that I'm, I'm sure I have some in my mind that just aren't coming to me right now. The pressure of talking to you guys and putting on a good show. But reading through this, I mean, it looked like it was well-controlled. It looks like they had the right tools for the job. It looks like they approached it in a really professional way. And that final paragraph, you know, we felt like we were being played with. I actually said that earlier, if you remember. And I believe that to be the case. It's like they don't fully trust the people who are part of that group yet. And I guess they were only given eight hours. I'm sure if they had more that was given to them, they would return day after day after day after day. Because as they do that, the energy of the building starts to accept them as being part of the building. And there's more of a comfort level there for the spirits to create activity that could be picked up on. This is another factor that I didn't, I forgot to mention in the sense that that's the reason why investigators will keep going back. And have that amazing focus. And are rock stars when it comes to the ghost industry. <laughs> I just, I'm impressed. And even though I never made a good investigator, I absolutely love them. And this group does very well. Um, I can, uh, you know what, I'm, I'm very excited. I, I might reach out at one point. So I got two, I got two tasks, uh, homework tasks to do from this episode. Thanks, guys. I got I to gotta find the uh, story of the set up potential suicide that was actually a murder and i'm going to reach out i'm going to find the website for this group i'm going to reach out and maybe i can get one of them uh to be or a couple of them to be an interview subject for the podcast i i hope you guys would enjoy that so but that's the end of the strange news segment uh no interviews coming up this weekend so the next time i'll talk to you guys is on the regular show next wednesday